When we look at nature, God's majesty is put on display. But there's a place that we can look that we see God's majesty even more clearly. And that's his relationship with us. Last week we were looking at Psalm 8 and we're and first three verses, first two verses. And now let's look at Psalm 8, look at verses 3 through 9. And this is basically the point of Psalm 8, verses 3 through 9. We look at the stars and we look at the sky and, and the clouds and the sun and we look at all the trees and the beautiful butterflies and the grass and the flowers. We look at all that and we think how great, how awesome, how majestic God is. But God doesn't look at those things. God doesn't care for those things as much as he cares for one thing in the world and that is that he cares about you. It says here inside verses 3 and 4, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you have take thought of him and the son of man that you care for him? As great and awesome and as wonderful as nature can be to our eyes, God cares more about you than all of those. Literally, he thinks about you, takes thought about you, and he cares for you, which has the implied idea of action and concern to you. You are at the center of his thoughts. You are at the center of his concerns, more so than any of the great, awesome things we see around in nature. Isn't that a comforting thought to know? Isn't that a thing that just makes you heart glad and praise to see that? In Psalm 8, it talks about how not only does God personally look at us and think about us and care about us as humans over anything else in nature, he even puts us above the rest of nature and gives us dominion over nature. And of course, the awesome thing we know from the New Testament is this passage in Psalm 8 is ultimately pointing to Christ, who because of his death on the cross and burial resurrection, he has control over all the world. And he's going to come back again one day and we might not see that control now, but we'll see it when he returns. And so your response and what I want to encourage you guys to do today is to praise God. That's what he concludes here in verse 9. He just simply praises God and say, hey, look around, look how awesome nature is, and realize that beyond all these things we see in nature, God cares and thinks more about you than all of them. And that deserves some praise to God. So what do you think about that? How, when you think about how God cares about you and how he thinks about you more than he does anything else that he's created in all of the universe, how does that make you feel? Type those things down in the comments. I'd love to hear about you guys. But spend some time today praising God for how much he actually loves you, even to the point of sending his son to die on the cross for your sins just so he could have a relationship with you. What's the danger in drifting away from God? What's the danger in having a hard heart? As we go through these times and as we are separated from people with the coronavirus and even maybe separated from the things we've loved from the church, it can be easy if we're not careful and if we're not purposeful in our walk with God to drift away. We can be easy to rely and have been relying on the church to do all the work for us. And now when the church isn't able to do that anymore because of the coronavirus, we can find ourselves drift away. What's the danger in that? We read about that danger in Hebrews chapter 3. In Hebrews chapter 3, the people it was written to were kind of in the same situation, going through a tough time, separated from each other, suffering because of persecution. And 
they had a tendency at that point to begin to drift away from their relationship from God. And so the writer of Hebrews is writing to warn them, stay close to God, do what it takes, put in the effort, put in the energy, make it your personal dedication to do something to stay and hold fast to God because there are consequences for drifting away. And in Hebrews chapter 3 verses 12 through 18 and verses 14 through 19, we see what he's talking about here. He's talking about a group of Israelites as an illustration to us. We learn in talking about numbers, how the Israelites, they'd been saved by God and he had miraculously protected them and provided for them, giving them water and giving them manna, giving them all kinds of stuff. Yet despite all that God did for them, they got to a point where things got difficult. They got to a point where they needed to really put their faith and trust in God and they didn't and they drifted away. And so what did God do? God said, hey, you're not going to enter my rest. You're not going to find rest in your life, but instead you're going to wander around in a wilderness for the rest of your life until everybody in that generation dies off. And the Bible tells us that it, they continued to rebel against God all for the rest of their life, and they never were able to actually feel that rest from God because they continued to stay in a state of just not trusting Him despite their wilderness experience. And the author of Hebrews in chapter 3, verses 14 through 19, points to those people. And he basically says to us today and to his people and to us today, remember that story. Who was it that that happened to? It was everybody that God had miraculously saved out of Egypt. It was, who, it was all of these people that God had provided for with water and with manna. It was all these people, yet despite all that God was good to them, they still chose to drift away from God when things got tough. And because of that unbelief, because of that lack of trust, that refusal to, to hold on, they never were able to gain the rest that God had for them. And so the lesson for us that he points out to do is we need to be careful. We need to show caution that we don't enter. We don't enter into a state of unbelief in God we need to show caution. We need to be careful that tonight, to, that even as we drift away and we, and we have the difficulties that are going in this time, that it doesn't cause us to drift away into unbelief and untrust in God, because the consequence of doing stuff is the lack of God's rest in our lives. Now, this passage in verse chapter three has been hugely debated. Some people think when God, when it says God's rest, they're thinking of heaven. Some people think it's physical rest. Some people think it might be. Uh, a future reward, whatever the rest is, let's just say you don't want to miss out on it. So hold fast, keep going, keep pushing, put personal effort into doing something and grasping onto God. So I want to hear from you guys. What have you been doing recently? What have you done as we've been separated and apart to personally make sure that you are staying connected to God, that you are staying connected to the church? What extra steps have you put in place to make sure that you are staying connected with the church and staying connected with God? I'd love to hear what you guys have been doing and celebrate our relationship with the Lord right now. Y'all have a great week and hope to see y'all Sunday.